Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we've got an extra special guest, Amanda Donovan, director at Hague Lion Lawyers and family law expert. Okay, we've got a special two-part series with Amanda. Amanda, welcome for the debut on the podcast. Thank you. So there have been some people on my hit list for a while. Yeah. And these episodes <laughs> are going to be absolute bangers because it's all about relationships, what can go right, but more importantly, what can go wrong. What you can do to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So We're not going to turn it into an episode of Jerry Springer. We will keep it professional. Um, I did pitch that with Amanda. I know. I'm like, <laughs> can we get like a... Just it would be self- fun. Yeah. It would be fun. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. 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 So Amanda, twenty is it 24 years 24 in the divorce years. game? It is. <laughs> how, yes. how do you get in the divorce game? How do you wake up one day and go... Yeah. I want to try and make sure relationships start on the right foot, and if they end, end in the best way. How do you how do you get into that? Well, kind I of wasn't work? I wasn't sure at university, so I was doing a law degree and a psychology degree. Turns out I needed both. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I finished both, so that's yeah. where it started. But interestingly enough, the interpersonal part of things is really important. Yeah. So making sure that. Um, you understand where people are at at any given time is a big part of the strategy mm. for getting a good divorce. Yeah. yeah. So today is all about um, contracting out agreements. Um, before we jump into kind of like who needs one, in terms of, um, I guess, society accept- accepting relationship mm. agreements, mm. it must have changed a lot from yeah. when you first started to it feels like it's pretty normal these days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So really normal far more acceptable and I think when I was early in my practice just as a junior 2002 the law changed which included de facto couples Mm. and at that point you had a whole lot of people living together in a de facto relationship and all of a sudden on this date their home was (laughs) going to be available for an equal division right and they're coming to our office and say you know what am I going to do you had to opt out you had to sign a contracting out agreement if you didn't want to equally share Mm. and they'll say well what if I don't I was like, well, then you have to separate. So we called it the passion colour. It really was. But I think these days people are proactive and they need to be. 2002 must have been a great year for business, right? Huge (laughs) spike in – it's just kind of like um, in any – you're recession-proof, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, People are going to get married. People are going to get divorced. um, But I wonder what happened in 2002, the spike of divorces where people go – I can end up with half, there must have been a, an increase. Yeah, so it was only really defecting, affecting de facto couples yep. at that time because if you're married, you knew yeah. generally mm. you're going to be sharing equally anyway. So, yeah, there was a spike. Yeah, cool. Okay, so for people don't who don't know, um, what is a contracting out agreement and um, why do you need one? So colloquially, they're prenuptial agreements, so you would have heard of them. And around the world, everyone has contracting out agreements. People always say to me, is it worth the paper it's written on? Yeah. And in New Zealand, it is. It's really strict requirements to enter into a contracting out agreement. Um, you have to both have independent legal advice. So that does mean two lawyers. Mm. People always say, oh, you know, I don't want to spend three, four, five thousand, you oh, know, we hear that. wrapping up oh, an agreement, right? Yeah. But uh, you've got to say, what are you protecting here? Now, mm. if it's your KiwiSaver for a hundred thousand into your first home or savings or money that your family's given you, spending, a bit of money to get that right is super important. Yeah, we have customers quite often um, going into the property side of things and, you know, James and I are like, look, maybe you should consider a contracting out agreement. We're just having a chat to a solicitor to just, you know, you're coming in with a significant amount of asset behind you and 
the other person doesn't have that much. And sometimes we get, yep, that's a great idea. And other times we it's like, thanks, Mike. Thanks, James. But you know what? We love each other. <laughs> yeah. And oh. this is, this is going to work out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and fine if it's going to work out that's amazing and yeah. um, that's what we hope for everyone but of course if it doesn't be prepared to give away that half yeah. share especially with the family home because the family home's got special rules around it mm. it's automatically if you've been in a de facto relationship for more than three years so yeah. living together for example for more than three years then you're up for equal sharing of that family home yeah and that's a good point on when you should start thinking about these sorts of discussions and contracting out agreements is obviously you've mentioned the the three-year sort of rule in terms of de facto relationship um would you say that you know it's you're you're getting towards the end of three years and you start talking about it do you approach it early what would you guys sort of recommend um good question the thing with that is that right at the start so lots of people come in and say I think I'm in a de facto relationship. Yep. We've been living together for two years. It's two years, isn't it? And I like everyone to think it's two yeah, years <laughs> because they get to us early. But it's actually three years in New Zealand, two years in Australia. Yeah. Um, but what happens is, is right up the front, if you started living together, that's when I want you to come and see me. Usually because mm. the process can take a bit of time. It's not priority for a lot of people. Yeah. And early on, we don't have the same disclosure requirements that we have as you get close to that three years. yeah. Because as you get close to that three years, if I'm acting for the person who doesn't have any money, I'm saying to them, the agreement says that you'll get this, probably nothing. Yeah. The, um, the act says that you'll get this, 50%, yeah. if you do nothing, uh, then you know they might just want to let it sail over it that out. three years. Yeah, yeah right. But early <laughs> just, on, there's no rights there, so um, yeah. no rights have accrued yet, so get, get it locked in. Yeah, and this is why... I love lawyers because it's it, like, and honestly, it, it like every time don't we hear that very often. Yeah, yeah I, know, I feel like it's not going to be a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just like every time we have like a chat with lawyers or, or you guys, we do something with um, uh, like anybody who, who's in that profession. And we have, you know, a surface level knowledge of how much we need to know to tell our clients, you know, what they should think about and when to speak to a lawyer. And then when we actually speak to you about it, I'm like, Holy hell. Like, mm. this is why I could never do this. It's like, and this, and this, and this, and this. There's just so much to um, what you guys do and what you think about and the different scenarios that, again, I guess the, one, the other thing there is you pay for what you get and you yep. probably want a good lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Especially for a contracting out agreement you do. And the reason for that really is that there's a lot of crystal ball gazing mm. required. So I won't let any of our junior solicitors really get too involved in contracting yeah. out agreements. They don't have enough experience in that yet. Because over the course of time, these agreements, when I said, are they worth the paper they're written on? Yeah, they are mm. in New Zealand because of the strict requirements. But you've got to make sure that they'll stand the test of time. Yeah. So you've got a young couple who have, you know, KiwiSaver, they're buying their first house, maybe there's some loans from their parents. They enter into the contracting out agreement. Now they often want to keep everything separate. Mm. And I really want to focus on income because that's the part that you have to really think about carefully and maybe put in some sunset clauses that yeah. say if they get married or if they have a child that income will become relationship property and allow them to grow the pool because that agreement can become seriously unjust over the course of time and where it would be seriously unjust if I give a stereotypical example is young couple keep everything separate yeah and then um, they start a family they have three kids and break up 15 years later all of a sudden she's had no income for 10 years mm. he's now on a couple of hundred thousand for example and uh, she 
and they want to divide the agreement, mm. d- divide as per the agreement. And I'll say, well, that's seriously unjust. This yeah. is not the situation they contemplated when they entered yeah. into this agreement. Mm. So income is something that has to be looked at. Also, um, people are trying to protect trust interests mm. as well, and they just muddle dividends, income from salary and wages, and the whole agreement becomes really intermingled. So mm. the advice that you're giving up front is essential um, to get really getting that right. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about the income side, is that like spousal support? No, actual income from salary, wages, right. etc. Yeah. Okay. James, when we split up, your income, I get half. Who gets Ravi? That's the main That's thing. That's the real thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. What if? I mean, I don't want to talk about who's more responsible out of the two of us, but Amanda, we know who's the more responsible. <laughs> How about I take him Monday to Friday, and you get him on the weekends because you're more fine on the weekends. <laughs> we can, um, we can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. and, and in terms of like, what kind of assets do you see being classified as as separate property? What do you What are you thinking there? And a contract down agreement. The um, if I take you back a step, lots of people have trusts yeah, mm. and they use trusts or think that they can use trusts a bit like a contracting out agreement. So they say, I don't need a contracting out agreement because I've got a trust and the trust is protecting all of my assets over here. Um, that's not correct. And um, we can, you know, look through breakthrough trusts all day long. The just trust busters. I love it. Trust yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if I've got... Um, a trust that I've set up before a relationship. Yeah. Um, you're Asking saying for a fringe. Yeah. You're saying if um, you're saying if that's not hypothetically, um, yeah. it's got an investment property. Yeah. In James. Yeah. 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 Maybe and a, and a bunch yeah. and a bunch of crypto <laughs> smuggled to the side. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's take, a whole take, different. Take the crypto. <laughs> whole different. You can't. You can't get my key passwords. I won't give you those. Yeah. Um, you. If that's worked out in the relationship agreement, that's potentially fair game, is it? So, no, no, if it's not worked out in the relationship agreement, mm. then it's fair game. Yep. So, again, there's a differentiation between trusts. Ravi's worried. Yeah. Ravi's worried. <laughs> <laughs> where trusts where you're married, yeah. where there's been a nuptial settlement, is different to if you're in a de facto relationship. But at the moment in New Zealand, if you're married and there's been settlements on the trust for the benefit of you both yeah. as a couple, then there's ways into those trusts. Yeah. Very, very if you do not, if, if you do not want that to happen, right yeah. <laughs> if you do not want that to happen, you need to enter into a contracting out agreement. Yeah, yeah. Because those trusts, there's two parts to that. One is if you're married, there's a way in. The other is that the powers in the trust deed have been classified as property, appointor, mm. set law, mm. trustee, beneficiary in certain circumstances. If the trust deeds haven't been written, drafted correctly, then there's a way in there on occasion and I don't want to get into technical things but just know that that is the case Mm. and then of course if you're trying to tip property into a trust during a de facto relationship or marriage Mm. we can claw that back out as well if there's an intent to defeat a claim that a spouse might have yeah what about in scenarios where um say there's assets with um I don't know you've got assets with siblings or you've got a business partner or like um a lot of that to do with property yeah how do those situations impact the relationship agreements? So, um, the first of all, if I go back to the Act, so the Property mm. Relationships Act says that if your de facto relationship started on this date mm. and ends on this date, anything that you acquire in here mm. is going to be available for an equal division from income, salary, wages, new shares, new company incorporated, whatever yep. that yep. might be, it's all up. Yep. Now, if you don't want that, 
then you have to contract out. Yep. So when you're talking about the company off to mm. the side, it's in, or mm. the shares are, because the shares are the asset. Yep. Um, as is your income, as in, as is the new car or the Kiwi Saver, but the Kiwi Saver just for that period, mm. not for what you did beforehand. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Another interesting one, Mike, where you spend a lot of your life is, you know, it's hard to get on the property ladder, right? And mm. you're like, where are you going with <laughs> this for a second? Um, we're talking mortgages, Mike. Yeah, Living at mortgages. Right, yeah. You know, we're on camera. Um, uh, you know, you're thinking about deposits for homes and Gifts. a lot of people getting yeah. help to get onto the property ladder. How mm. often are you seeing, like, you know, uh, help getting? Yeah, it, it, it's actually really funny. So I would say probably in the last six months, nine months, we've seen the frequency of gifting and the size of the gifts really increase. Um, we had one last week where the gift was 550000 and the bank came up a couple hundred grand short just before the auction. So the gift went up to $950,000. So that is a, that's a house. Yep. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a, that's, and that's they're significant. And we're seeing that more and more and more. Mm. And there's a few things that are happening. Some, a, a lot of um, parents have trusts and they're wanting yes. to loan or yeah. gift their um, children money to help them onto the property ladder. Ideally, I'd like that to be twofold. Like one, the trustees of the parents trust to enter into a loan agreement with mm. both of the, um, with their child and the other. And I say that because that has better effects for us later. And secondly, I'd like them to wrap that up in a contracting out agreement as well. So if anything ever happened with that loan or the parents over a barbecue on a Sunday, let's forgive that debt. Yeah. We don't, we don't, yeah. you don't need yeah. to repay, you don't need You're to repay that. Nine You're a cute couple. Yeah. Comes up, I've had hearings on it and they're like, there was a loan, I agree, but that got forgiven by my father-in-law years when we had our first child. Yeah. He said, don't worry, you don't have to repay yeah. that. So you the know contract, that was just for the bank. Yeah. 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 Looking in the newborn baby's eyes, hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the first thing I'm thinking about it's is that loan. loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then the contracting out agreement to wrap that up as well. Um, does the is the bank allowing an allowance on loans for things like contracting out agreements? Is that a thing? No, so, I mean, it, I mean, well, it's legal fees. Yeah, right? well, come on, it's like, come on, it's good for business. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> surely. What are you doing? I mean, the, all, I mean, all the bank cares about is um, that whatever money coming in doesn't have to be repaid in like. Um, uh, and regular repayments, cash contributions and everything are gifted out. I mean, not gifted, but given by the banks to the customers when the loan settles. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, when we um, uh, when we're getting loans for customers, we'll advise them that you know you'll get one percent cash back, and that'll cover your legal fees. So you're yeah, usually getting like seven grand. Eight yeah, grand they should be yeah. able to at least apply some of that to it if they wanted to. Yeah. 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 But it's often the parents, the trustees of that trust, who are stipulating. Mm that the agreement has to be entered into if they are going to agree to the arrangement. Yeah. Do you find much of a dance between what you want to do in terms of protecting um, the gifter of the loan versus the bank's requirements? Or is that worked sometimes, out as a process? So sometimes, and I had one recently where the um, it had been wrapped up as a loan, got to the bank and the bank said, regardless of the terms of that loan, uh, they didn't want any second security mm. there, yes. even though it wasn't registered. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted that to be reclassified as a gift. Yep. So we had to do a contracting out agreement in that case. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But that's the gold standard is you'd have the loan and the mm. yep. and the contracting out agreement with it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And the big ones, which, you know, when we're talking about love, when we're talking about money, mistakes are made. What are the most common mistakes people are making with these relationship agreements? Because I'm sure there's a hell of a lot yeah. of them. 
Well, I think probably the biggest mistake is that um, they don't get an agreement. Yeah. Right? And or they start the process and then, you know, think, oh, it gets too hard. Some people, um, you know, struggle to have the conversation. Yeah. So I think that the younger generation now is on board. They Mm. get it. It's really hard work to save, especially if you're trying to buy property, especially if you're trying to buy property anywhere in New Zealand Mm. and protect, you know, the relationship could last two years. You don't want to divide that by two. Yeah. So that's, um, that's, those conversations can, as I said earlier, be a passion colour. Yeah, Mike. You know, Mike and I have um, been trying to work through our relationship agreement. He's hitting me with that. You don't love me. You don't trust me. That's a and trust issue. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is yeah. where I was going because that's where people make mistakes with yeah. their trusts over and over again. They're thinking that because they've got a trust, they don't need a contracting out agreement, or they're not dealing with those trust interests properly mm. in a contracting out agreement. And and on that, I would say um, that use a specialist relationship property lawyer because um it's like going to your gp you know they do know everything and your local lawyer will know everything but this is if you're protecting hundreds of thousands you need to get that right Mm, yeah Yeah. and it's something we see quite a bit and it's usually um the conversation that comes from us is uh i think we recommend you should um speak to a solicitor about a contracting out agreement or just have the discussion uh and they'll come back and be like yep don't worry mum and dad have a lawyer that they've used forever uh, and they're doing the conveyancing, so they'll do this as well. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, <sighs> mm. <laughs> if, if they were, like if you're looking at saving costs somewhere, if you're just going to say, so it's a, a young couple and it's their KiwiSaver and that's all you're looking at. One's mm. got 150000 the other one's only got fifty. If they're going to their local lawyer and they're just saying, yeah. ring fence my hundred and fifty and ring fence your 50 yeah. and everything else is relationship property, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You can't really go too wrong. Yeah. It's where they're trying to say keep everything separate mm. that I'm like, oh, you really need to look at that a bit closer. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's a trust. And then if there is a um, a couple, can they both come and see you? Or do they have to go and see different lawyers? They definitely cannot both come and see us. Okay. So sometimes we're... Not, who's not... Yeah. Us, can you... Can, got, you got to pick. You got to yeah. pick. Yeah. <laughs> there's a conflict there somewhere, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Surely you pick the winning side. Is yeah. That where, yeah. Man, it's like whoever's choose. on my side Don't is the winning side. Choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Sometimes we act for the trustee. Sometimes we act for the parents. Mm. And in that case, we might draft the agreement for them and then send them both out for independent legal yeah. advice somewhere mm. else. Um, yeah, that's the yep. easiest way to do it. And when you're dealing with um, other lawyers on the other side, mm-hmm. are they? Are most people going to see um, a specialist or do you run into general solicitors quite a yeah. bit when it comes to this? Yeah. I do. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's nice as well. You run into a general solicitor, but they know you specialise in it. Mm. And they'll call you and say, I'm really pleased that you're on the other side of this because I know you're not going to certify this agreement unless you're happy with it, which is making me feel more comfortable. So, you know, that's okay. But that's the one thing is that the solicitors each have to sign a solicitor's certificate Mm. attaching to it. It's a legislative requirement to say that they've explained the effects and implications to the parties before I saw they this, sign. Um, I saw this great thing the other day and it was like, you know, myths about your job and that sort of stuff. And one of them was like a solicitor was saying that 
this myth is that we like each solicitor just goes head to head in court. They're like, we phone each other before court and be like, where are you at? Where are you at? Okay, cool. This is probably where we said on. We would Who's going to pick up the coffee? Yeah. yeah. And, then we, <laughs> and then we agree. And then we go into the room and do the mediation. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was always like that, but it's not. But yeah, you do get a, a lot of friends. This is not um, a confrontational process. Mm. This is a collaborative process, a contracting out agreement. Yep. It yeah. shouldn't be aggressive in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Um, Does it work out like that in reality? Yes. Oh, are you? Are you talking about with the lawyers, with the, the clients? Both. <laughs> We're contracting out agreements mm. always are friendly because yeah. everybody's usually looking for a common yeah. Yeah. goal. Because yeah. I've got I've got senior notes you've got around um, you know, it's the passion killer. Um how So yeah. So the passion killer, if you're getting close to that three year mm. mark and you've been living with someone. So where I want you to think about a contracting out agreement, if you're going to get one, is that if you start living with someone, if you buy a house with someone, someone's mo- if you have a house and then someone moves in with you, you know, same sort of thing, living together, any of those sort of big items, then you go, mm, that's going to mean I'm going to be sharing things. Mm. But if you have been living with someone, and we do get those flatmate situations where everybody's living in a flat, but mm. then, you know, all of a sudden you're in the same room and when did that start? Yeah. And then you're getting close to that three years. If you then have that conversation, they say, no, I'm not interested in signing that. Why would you do that? Don't you love me? Mm. Then, Don't you um, trust me, Mike? Yes. No, I don't. Of that. <laughs> We've been through this. Then they come and say, well, they won't sign. What do I do? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, you've got two options. Either they sign. <laughs> you do nothing. In which yeah. case, if you separate, you're sharing the equity in this house equally or you break up. Yeah. That's where the passion color comes from. Yeah. Yeah, now I get that. Um, and what about maybe two different scenarios? First one, kids. Like if you have kids um, before you sign the relationship agreement, you know, most people think about money. Do kids get talked about in a relationship agreement? Um, n- not child support, if that's what you mean. Well, more, I guess you don't go into it going like, if we do break up, what happens with the kids and those sort of things? That's probably the next yeah, down the road. different piece of legislation, yep. different different thought process. You would think about it a little bit though. So one of the things that at the end of the relationship, let me back that up. When you're entering into a contracting out agreement, you're saying that these are the rules for us if one if we separate or if we die. Yeah. So if these are the rules when you separate or die, this is how we're going to divide all our property and this is what you're going to get, this is what I'm going to get, mm. right? So one of the things that isn't, usually included in there is this economic disparity word that gets bantered Mm. around a bit and that might be where one of you has been out of the workforce usually the wife for several years three children later that we were talking about before and now has no career no Mm. income and the others had this unencumbered career path and off they go there's an income disparity on separation The contracting out agreement might still apply, but then you would still need lawyers to negotiate the economic disparity Mm. aspect because you can't assess that 15 years earlier Mm, when you're entering into that agreement. And if you did, and I've seen lawyers who have done it, and there's a debate about this up and down the country, but if you put that in the agreement, then it could lead to one of those grounds that makes it seriously unjust. So you say way back here, there's going to be no economic disparity and yeah. I'm not paying anything other than 50-50. Mm. And you get here and there's three kids and she, worked for, she hasn't worked for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'd throw that agreement out all day long. Yeah. yeah. Which yep. has a court application to do that. Yeah. Mm. And how about um, blended families coming to see you? Does that get um, pretty yes. complex? Because I've got a client at the moment um, that I'm dealing with, which is a really common situation where they know they need to get a relationship agreement. They've brought assets into the relationship but then there's the thing about well 
I've actually brought most of the money to buy the house Mm -hmm. and I want to look after my spouse. But then if I pass away, I also want my kids to get some money if something were to happen to me. And they've just essentially not got to the point of, you know, working through that because they just found it too complicated to work through. Does that get pretty, pretty messy, the... The yeah. blended family situations? Yeah, yeah. So I call that – I did do a seminar on this um, a couple of years ago, um, once bitten, twice, thrice shy. Right? <laughs> um, Sounds like our next <laughs> webinar, Ravi. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's asset planning. Mm. I tend to refer to yeah. that as. And um, it depends really what people are wanting to do. Some want to rule from the grave. So the rule from the grave scenario, usually then we would establish a trust for that new couple mm. with assets in there, a memorandum of wishes as to what they want to happen. You know, maybe the the wife, the second relationship would stay there, stay in the house, have the property, and then there would they would agree as to when she then dies, if it's mm. if it's her, if he goes first, you know, because they're weaker than men. <laughs> I mean, I've then. seen Mike up high ladders <laughs> without a harness. I mean, I'm surprised he's still here. Then, <laughs> then, then, the, then the, the assets would be divided between their respective children yep. after yep. that. Contracting out agreements are sometimes appropriate there, but what often happens is that um, one of the parties will seek to overturn that agreement um, mm. because they think it's unfair. They want to get more money into their parent who's just died's will to divvy it up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, you touched on this a little bit before, but you think they're worth the paper they're written on? I'm 100% in New okay. Zealand. And that's because of those really strict requirements. They must be in writing, mm. must have independent legal advice. Solicitor needs to sign a solicitor certificate. Yeah. And when you say in New Zealand, mm-hmm. do you, in other parts of the world, is that not necessarily the case? Correct. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing we get all the time is, especially in like the Instagram and TikTok age, people are like, I need a credit card to get good credit score. Yeah. And, you know, it's an it's a US thing, yeah, or a UK thing, yeah. And people apply. I, I maybe it's the same with the three years for the de facto relationship as well. Maybe that's a US thing, or like you said, an Australian thing. Yeah, Australia's too. Everyone yeah. sees it on TV and then applies it to their own situation. Mm. Mm. Okay, Amanda. Anything else to touch on before we wrap it up? No. Cool. Okay. So just remember, everyone goes into relationships and love, but one and two are going to end up unfortunately divorced. And as the great. Kanye West said, we want prenups. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe, please review, and we will catch you next time. Cheers. Thanks, guys.